0: miss kapow <laughs>
1: i did a funny okay
0: i'm just saying that that music was so loud in my ear you know why
1: because you had it on loud
0: yeah it's a technical term called lack of gain staging yeah, okay. i did not gain stage the podcast and so the music about blew me away Today's Not date. What
1: I go through.
0: Well, you're always loud, Miss Kapow. <laughs> I can't gauge stage you. I, I can't turn down the volume of Miss Kapow. You're a fruitcake. I am. And today's date is
1: July second, twenty eighteen. Can't
0: wait to light a firecracker. <laughs> Firecrackers. And we are going to continue in our study of John on this firecracker weekend. Firecracker.
1: firecracker. Yes. It's,
0: yes. Because the whole message of John's like one big firecracker, man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? I it's think really so. Cool.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. I think so, that's a good little analogy. It is. It is.
0: And bottom line is, right, what we've learned in John's book is uh, abide in Christ no matter what. Yeah. Stay in Christ, stay in the commandments, stay what he said, what what's in his word and the doctrines that you've received from the very beginning. That's right. Of your salvation. There was a reason why you, the Kapal listener, became a Christian and you received doctrines from the the very beginning. Those doctrines of Christ. You hold fast to those, you know. Cause there are many, many seducers out there.
2: Yeah. Too many.
0: Yeah. And they want to um Take those doctrines away. The thing is, the, the world, the whole world, the world, false teachers or anybody else in the world, the whole goal is non-recognition of God. So any way that they can achieve that, Satan can achieve that, he's going to.
2: Yeah. Good luck.
0: You know, <laughs> but you know, he does it through distractions and nonsense and error and false teaching and being concerned with things that... Um or non-biblical, or don't really matter, does a lot of tricks. So we hold fast to those doctrines that we first received. So we're going to continue in those doctrines here in 1 John, the letter of 1 John. Right? Right. So we left off last week in verse 25 of chapter 2. So we're going to go from verse 26 all the way to verse 4 of chapter 3.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Is that correct or am I on drugs? I think that's correct. Yeah. All right. So, Ms. Kapow will read those verses.
1: Oh, because I had uh, 27, but that's okay. I can, uh, you're probably right.
0: Yeah. I'm always right, dude. Yeah. You know that. Okay. So, <sighs> like <sighs>
1: 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when ye shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, Ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. And we're going to go through chapter 3, verse 4. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth not us, us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath his hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever commits sin transgresses against the law, for sin is the transgression of the law.
0: Amen. Thank you, Mr. Welcome. Mm, okay. Verse 26 These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. So the last. Three or four shows that we've done have all been a series of first John mm-hmm. everything we've talked to about in the last couple of weeks those are the things that John wrote about concerning them that seduce us so he's warning us about false teaching and errors and the whole bit okay mm-hmm. so the uh, the Greek there is. Planao. planao. And it is kind of interesting. It is used to cause to roam from safety, truth, or virtue. You know, lead astray, go astray, Mm -hmm. deceive, err. It's translated here seduce, wander, be out of the way. So, you know, just to be fooled and taken, like I said earlier, the world's whole goal is to not recognize God. So anything that takes you away from that is a seduction.
1: Yeah, like when Jesus said, for many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ and shall
0: deceive many. Mm -hmm. And that's the seduction, yes. Same word. Amen, same word. (laughs) So now we know... What we're getting into, because John has just said so, I am right. I wrote these things concerning them that seduce you. So then he goes on, and he's starting to he's going to clarify these these things. And then in, in verse twenty seven, he takes a little vacation, a little side a little side trip, and he says, "But the anointing that is um, sometimes it's translated the unction, you know, mm-hmm. it's the uh, the Greek word is uh, chrisma. It is, um, it's like the smearing of the oil, yeah, on the, um, you know, on the priest. Mm-hmm. Ancient days, it's the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's an anointing you get when you abide in Christ. In your, uh, you become a new creature in Christ. So you have that Holy Spirit in you, right? You have the, the spirit of Christ.
2: Right.
0: And he says, but the anointing which you have received, Kapow, listeners, the re- that anointing is of him and that abides in you and because of that john tells us we do not need we need not that any man any person teach us but as the same anointing that same unction that spirit that's in us teaches us of all things and is the truth it's the truth and there's no lie, there's no error, there's no deception, there's no seduction in it. And even as it taught you, ye shall abide in him. Because the spirit in you tells you you should abide in Christ and not go sideways. Mm-hmm. Right? So what does that mean? Does that mean you don't listen to um any Bible teacher? No. No, that does not mean that. It, you can uh if you've got a good pastor, uh yay for you. <laughs> If you have a good pastor uh, or a good you know Bible um, teacher or something, you can learn from those people who've been around uh, a while and God has shown them things you can learn. but the Holy Spirit will confirm those things that you're being taught. and of course you'll be able to replicate what was being taught through the scripture. you'll be able to see it through scripture, okay you know throughout the whole scripture, mm-hmm. you'll be able to see this is what you know God's message was for that so there is no new doctrine and what john is saying here that his readers have received that unction of the holy spirit and so they don't need any man to teach them new doctrine to lay on different additions to the gospel of christ
1: that's right
0: because they have that holy spirit in them that holy spirit has has taught them all things that led them to all truth Mm -hmm. there's no lie in that and uh, you know because it's abiding in you. So it's about, it goes with the with verse 26 above it, the seductions, the seducers. All right? That's right. Make a sense? Mm-hmm. Let's see. So the Holy Spirit, well, so when you're tempted by someone who, who deceives you, you're listening to, um error or doctor like, eh, you know, that'll quite sound right. No, that's happened to Miss Kapow and I a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You're listening to somebody, you might be an hour into it, going, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden he throws in something crazy. You know, just mm-hmm. sideways and you go, What? You know, it was all good until he started talking about this. Yeah. So what I call the proverbial poop sandwich, you know, <laughs> you hide the poop within the rest of the the good burger. Mm-hmm. No one will ever know, but you know, that's what they do. So it, this goes with those seducers. So when you hear someone teaching something, that's not of, of doctrine, it's not biblical, that the anointing, the, the Holy spirit that abides in us, you know, says we don't need someone to teach us new stuff. We have the Holy spirit. Who's already, we already have the doctrines. He's teaches us and uh, his teaching will abide because mm-hmm. God is sufficient for us who are taught of Him. Right? And we're independent of the world. We're independent of others. So we have communion with others, other teachers. You know, you you learn from them. But when they're teaching error, that Holy Spirit rises up. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's not true.
1: It's like what Peter wrote when he says that <clears throat> no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation.
0: Exactly. Wow. You know, and if... If many people would get that around their heads and actually believe that, we wouldn't have all this date setting and weird stuff. hmm You know what I mean? Okay. So, all things essential to salvation. There's no believer <clears throat> that knows everything there is to know. Excuse me, I keep clearing my throat because I got coffee <laughs> that I need to drink. <clears throat> Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm a hot mess, right? (laughs) I make all kinds of noises and stuff. (laughs) I am. I'm like my dog, just snoring, make all kinds of weird (laughs) noises, you know, gobbling up food. Well, it's
1: good because now we know you're alive
0: still. I am alive. Someday when I get my spirit body, you know, become who I I am in Christ, I won't be making all these weird noises. But until then, it is what it is. Uh, So anyway, I don't want to beat that dead horse. Let's go. Okay, Okay, uh, verse 28.
1: (laughs) And now little children, which means infants, Mm -hmm. abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming.
0: This is a good one. We can park here for a little bit. Little children, little sons, as in John, believers of every stage and age the greek word is technion abide in him that's christ and john repeats this um, idea of of um of a father addressing you know his his sons and daughters he's he's like hey i've been around i walked with the word made flesh listen to me you know abide in him you know stay the course now, this is good because it says, um, if you abide in him, right, that when he shall appear, and that the, the Greek word there is phanero it's mm-hmm. that render apparent mm-hmm. or to manifest, to show oneself. So he's, Christ is going to appear as himself. See, he, he was here in the flesh so that he could take away our sins the sacrifice so when he comes back he's not coming back as the sacrificial lamb he already did that he comes back as a king and he's going to set up his kingdom and lucifer is no longer going to be in charge Mm
2: -hmm.
0: of any of this right so he is going to appear and we can be confident he's going to come he's going to he's going to come back it's his appearing his, his presence, this word is his manifestation. It's coming back. And when he does that, if we, if we have abided in him, when he does appear, we will have confidence. We will have confidence when we see him. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. You have frankness or bluntness. You have assurance. Or, or sometimes it's translated boldness. And not be ashamed Not be ashamed, which means to dishonor, make ashamed. So you can imagine that, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, if Jesus walked into the room right now, would you be ashamed, right? If he walked into your life right now, where you're at right now, would you have boldness and welcome him? Oh, wow. Or would you be like ashamed of yourself? So if we abide in him, John is saying, when he does appear, we won't be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, the first word is appear, which is pheneru, which means to declare or manifest, you know, reveal itself. Mm-hmm. The second word is you won't be ashamed before him at his coming. And that is the one that we always use. You know, it's always used for hit the second coming of Christ. Parousia. Yeah, Perusia. It means um like being near, being present. It's it's often associated with the return of Christ. It was associated specifically for Christ's return to punish Jerusalem in AD 70. And specifically, it's also used to finally come and punish the wicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by implication, it is a, um, a physical presence, a physical coming. It's an arrival. It's what we call the second advent.
2: That's right.
0: Yeah. It is a visible return from heaven of our Messiah. He's going to raise the dead, hold the last judgment. He's going to set up his kingdom of God. Formally set it up. That's the parousia. So what John's saying, little children now, now abide in him. Not later, but now. hmm That when he shall manifest himself, we're gonna have confidence and we in boldness when we see him. Like, hey, I've I've been abiding in you. Let's go. Not like, uh oh, Christ is at the door, and I got porn on my computer. <laughs> oh I'm ashamed. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Like James says, To be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. And also, he says, Be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near.
0: Establish your hearts. To me, that's the same thing as abide in him. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: His coming is near. Now, let's let's understand one thing about his parousia, his coming. Whether he comes right now before the end of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Or he comes 100 years from now or 1,000 years from now, it doesn't make any difference. The fact is, is that he's returning. Now, you're either going to be here in that weird time, just that one little weird time slip up, where you're still alive when the resurrection happens. So when he comes and if you happen to still be alive and you're abiding in him, you have to be alive. It's what you call a live resurrection. What people call a rapture, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A taken away. It's just that you happen to be alive. So you didn't face physical death. You just raptured because it's a live resurrection. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And then those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. Now, if you're if we all happen to be those who are now dead in Christ, Christ doesn't come in our lifetime, and we die, and we die abiding in him, it doesn't matter because Christ is going to appear and he's going to come back. He's going to be present as parousia. And when that happens, we then will be the first to rise up to meet him in the air. And you want to rise up to meet him in the air unashamed. And with boldness and confidence. Mm -hmm. So it, it matters little whether the return of Christ comes in your lifetime or not, and you experience it, or if afterwards. Because what we're talking here is eternity.
1: Yeah. So what matters is that you're found in him at the time of death.
0: Exactly. Amen. Amen. That's what really matters. And you do that now. It's like John says, now. And now, little children, abide in him. If we can just, you know, tattoo that on our forehead, maybe, uh, you know, tattoo it backwards every time you look in the mirror. And now, (laughs) abide in him.
1: First Thessalonians says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. So, we're all meeting Christ, and mm-hmm. in, in His presence, that's going to be our joy that we've all arrived.
0: Amen. That's our uh, that that boldness, right? That mm-hmm. confidence, like, hey, it's over. This is it. Prison planet over. We've been released. We've done our time. We're coming home. Right. Also, in First John four seventeen. In the later chapter, we haven't got to. John writes, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. He clarifies it. Boldness in the day of judgment, not just a parousia, but the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. What does that mean? Well, it means as he is, so are we. If we're following him and we bite in him, we're part of that vine, the world didn't recognize him and the world hated him. You're going to be the same way. If the world loves you and you're having, if you're sitting on Oprah's a show or you're a, you're a guest of Ellen Gener- Generis, uh Degenerate, is that her name? Ellen Degenerate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you, you need to really take stock <laughs> of your abiding, correct? Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you're Joel Olstein and you're on all these popular programs, there's a there's a problem there. Yeah. When you're the most popular, uh, you know, pastor in, in the world, there's there's an issue there.
1: I uh, would say so.
0: Yeah, because we're 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 like Christ, just as as, as he is. So are we in the world? Uh, also, First John three twenty one says, "Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and that's that boldness when he when he when he comes we have that confidence we're not ashamed we don't shrink away and in 5 14 first john 5 14 says and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us mm-hmm. so many times we're asking stuff but it's not according to the will of god all right um so anyway is, is that pretty clear, you think, Ms. Capel? I think so. Demons in my marriage
2: bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use
0: against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. Okay, verse 29. If you know... That he, Christ, is righteous. You know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. One thing I, I, I really love about uh, the Apostle John is he's very black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't have gray. He doesn't have a gray area. There's no, there's no gray area sins with John. But you know why? Because he's telling the, the truth. It's not John. It's the Scripture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's God. There's no gray area. It's black or white. Uh, if if you know someone or yourself, and you you have right standing, and you and you you're doing righteousness, right? You live a righteous life, not not because you have to, or that's part of your salvation. It's just part of the fruits. So if you're in the in the vine, what what happens when a vine is connected to a live uh, branch? Well, the vine produces the fruit of the branch. Right? Mm -hmm. If if you're a vine on on a on a a, a grape uh, plant, on the branch of a grape plant, and you're a vine going, you're going to produce grapes. So that's that's the result of you being uh, of abiding, being in the in the branch. So John says if, if someone's righteous, if they're producing fruit, right? If, if they're producing grapes, uh, because God's producing grapes, then you know that everyone that produces grapes is born of God.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why Ephesians says, and that ye put on the new man, which is after, after God, is created in righteousness and true
0: holiness. The new man. You know, I said this before, Pastor Jojo, Ms. Kapow often will read scriptures and it always returns back to the new creature, the new man. And there's another one. Would you read that again?
1: Oh, I was looking. Okay. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness.
0: So the new man that you're supposed to put on is created after God in righteousness and holiness. That's the skin you're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. The spiritual skin. So rather than taking the low road and go, what can we get away with? in sin what is the world telling us about transgenderism and transgender bathrooms and you know Mm -hmm. hating this group and hating that group and racism and rather than go the way of the world let's go the way of the of the branch because when he appears whether you're alive or dead it's black or white you're either ashamed or you're bold there's just no gray area i'm sorry uh, anybody tells you there is a gray area is, is a liar. They're a seducer. And uh, they're trying to lead you astray. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, chapter three, you have any more on, on that? Mm-mm. Okay, then chapter three kind of begins some distinguishing marks of, of the children of God as opposed to the children of the devil. One thing you're going to see here, if, if, you, if you care to see it, here in these writings of John, you're going to see serpent seed. You're going to see a very real serpent seed. You're going to see a very real children of the devil and very real children of God. My humble opinion, okay, I'm telling you what my humble opinion is. I don't believe anybody's born to children of God. Because scripture don't say that. In fact, the scriptures say the opposite. None is righteous. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're born into sin, right? We have a sin nature.
2: That's right.
0: And I think why we have a sin nature is because it goes all the way back to that encounter with the serpent in the garden. I also believe our spiritual DNA, if not our physical DNA, uh, has been altered by fallen angels you're born into sin but when you come to Christ and you accept those terms and you realize who God really is and who his son really is and what he did for you to get you off this prison planet whoops you become a new creature and when you become a new creature your spiritual dna at least your spiritual dna it's changed. That's right. You become, from what you used to be, a man of sin to a man of righteousness through Christ. If you abide in him and put on that righteous garment of his. And you, you're no longer serpent seed. So when I say serpent seed, I don't believe like some people are just born. Yeah, that guy's just, you know, predestination, predestined to go to hell because he's serpent seed. You know, that's there's some hardcore Calvinists. Teaching that believes that. Um, I believe people have a choice. And you always hear of the, you know, the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati, you know, and these serpent seed, you know, George Soros is certainly serpent seed and the Rothschilds, and all these, right? And you hear that, and they certainly are. Mm-hmm. They certainly are. But anyone born in those families that is able to call out unto God and receive salvation will no longer be serpent seed. That's right. They're not stuck there. God, for God so loved the world Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, (laughs) so they could be saved and not perish. He doesn't want anybody to perish.
2: That's right.
0: So there is a way out of the pit, Uh, whether that choice is made or not, you know, is up to them. But I certainly was serpent seed. You know, I certainly was serpent seed before I committed to God. And so were you. But you'll find this in the book of John, and it's fascinating, this dichotomy this black and white there's children of, of God and children of Satan and it's very interesting and even John he traces all the way back to the garden uh, where later on we'll read uh, not today but uh, in the future we'll read where Cain was like his father the mm-hmm. wicked one mm-hmm. and Cain because he was, out, he was serpent seed hated Abel and why did he hate Abel? Because of Abel's righteous works. So when Christ came here, they hated Christ. Why? Because he was righteous. So if you're righteous, are are they going to love you? No, they're going to hate you too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, marvel not, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. That's First John three, thirteen. Marvel not. Don't why you why you marvel? I always marvel. So. I got to get that scripture wrapped up in my heart because I always go, huh? yeah, I, always, it's, I just marvel like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so verse one, chapter three, behold, behold, look, behold, what manner of love, what manner of love, the father has bestowed upon us. Look at this love He bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Mm-hmm. The word "sons" is teknon from the base; it's a, of a child, a, a offspring of God. Right
2: mm-hmm.
0: now, you know, you're not, you weren't, you weren't created angels. He created angels, ben Elohim, ben Elohim in the Hebrews, sons of God. You are sons of God by adoption through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was his only begotten son. And when you come to Christ, you have that spirit of Christ in you and you can call him father, Abba, father. You mm-hmm. become sons, right? And that's great love. John said, look at this love that we on this prison planet, born serpent seed should be called the sons of God. Yep. And then he clarifies, he says, therefore, because of that, because of what I'm telling you, the world doesn't know you. Mm -hmm. They don't care about you. That's why you're never going to be elected president of the United States. You know that, don't you? You're never going to be CEO of Apple. Apple. You're probably never ever going to be the head of the CIA or NSA or, or is uh, the Israeli Mossad. Because the world won't know you. They won't know you. If you're a son of God, they don't recognize who you really are.
1: Yeah. In uh, John one ten it says he was in the world, meaning Christ and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Even John the Baptist says he knew him not. But he that sent him to baptize with water, that same said to him, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it's the revealing of truth by the Holy Spirit.
0: That you know who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know who your brethren is. In, in these letters of John, John is constantly talking about Love your brethren, love your brethren. Because it's a command that Christ gave. They'll know know you by your love for one another. So you're going to recognize the righteousness of the brethren. It doesn't mean go out and love every hobo on the street. It does not mean that. Mm
1: -hmm. It's because the way we are to treat one another should be so different from the way the world treats one another. You know, that's why God Mm -hmm. says, Vengeance is mine. When your when your enemy or your brother sinned against you and he asks for forgiveness you keep for, you keep extending forgiveness because we're supposed to walk in forgiveness not in retaliation we don't do evil for evil so our actions should be so different than from the world that they're taken aback like wow yeah I wouldn't have done that if I were you you know what I mean yeah and that's how it should be
0: yeah amen and that's what one of the things that really um gets me, it really peeves me
2: mm-hmm.
0: is when I see people, and there's so many people, oh my gosh, so many people that are crushed through a church system. You know, uh, I was one of those people where, you know, you're crushed by uh, the pastor, you know, or leadership or, um, you know, because you don't comply with their discipleship program, <laughs> you know, you know, become them and people get burned out or they just get, yeah, they just get burned out from working their tail off. You know because they mm-hmm. think it's a matter of works, and I hate that because the world sees that, uh, and it's the opposite of what Christ, like you said, Miss Capel, it's the opposite of what they should be seeing, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. So, what we have here is you should, you know. What a great love from the God, from from God, from the Father that we should be called the sons of God, and because of that, the world doesn't know us because it uh, because it knew uh, Jesus, it didn't know Him, didn't mm-hmm. know God, so they're not going to know you. So if you if you're in righteousness, if you're in that vine, they're not going to know you either. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, John say we now already are really sons though not recognized by the world, you know, and as a consequences at the consequence of that, we look for the visible manifestation of our sonship. And that's the parousia. That's the, the presence. That's the manifestation, the Fenuru, when Christ comes. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see him as he really is. Right. And then we will be revealed of who, who we really are.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a good, really some incredible stuff.
1: Um, and that's why in Ephesians, we are told to walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly. So then in verse two, beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. See, we're already sons of God, but we don't know what we're going to be because we're still on this prison planet stuck in this flesh suit, you know, with all the noises that you make <laughs> and everything. But you're gonna be glorious because you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna resemble Christ.
2: Amen.
0: You're born of God. You're born of God and you're gonna resemble Christ. His only begotten son. And it says, You're not yet, we don't know yet where we're gonna appear, what we shall be. But John says, But we know, we know Mm -hmm. that when he shall appear, there's that word again, when he shall manifest or declare or show himself forth, we know this that we shall be like him. You know what? And that's interesting Greek word. It's interesting
1: yeah because we're going to be similar or resemble
0: him yes resembling corresponding to something <laughs> wow we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is this is the king of kings Lord lord this is the eternal life that spoken to existence uh the 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 no universe—pretty mm-hmm. heavy stuff—and you're going to be like that.
1: Well, it says here, wow. "For we shall see," which means like to gaze, but with open eyes, mm. because you know the other scripture says we see um, through eyes darkly. Yes, but now we'll see with open eyes. We'll see clearly.
0: Mm. So it's like a, it's like it's more than just seeing with your eyes. It's like an understanding, mm-hmm. um, an ingesting of the knowledge and everything that goes for it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face, mm-hmm. right? Beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord
2: mm-hmm.
0: are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. That's some heavy stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Right. Heavy, 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 heavy stuff.
1: Yeah. It's very spiritual.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's John. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to happen. There's going to be a manifestation that hasn't happened yet. Though we've already are sons of God. The world doesn't know it. They, don't rec- they didn't recognize the son of God when he came. They don't recognize you. But there's going to be a manifestation to the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. The in John three thirty six it says, "He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him." And that word "see" is the same one that is used here.
0: Mm. So, they won't. So co- they won't comprehend it, mm-hmm. embrace it, ingest it. Wow. Or their eyes won't be open. No. Oh. Yeah, blinded. Yeah, and who blinds the eyes of the people, the God of the world? My goodness. My goodness, Ms. Kapow. Heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Heavy stuff. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I read that. Okay. So, is that good? Should That's we move good. on? Verse okay. 3. Verse 3. And every man, you like this, Ms. Kapow, that hath this hope, hope. Elpis,
1: which means the expectation or confidence, uh, faith.
0: Hmm. So it's not wishing. It's not wishful thinking like we have in the English language. I hope I get to go get ice cream. That's a wish. This is not that hope.
1: It's a confidence. Yeah in what God says is true. It's a it's a knowing inside your spirit. It's the um it's the the confidence that the Holy Spirit gives you that He know that you know that you know that you know mm-hmm. that what God said is true and what is coming is true. And you have full confidence. I mean it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's not like well I hope because it could or could not. That's the hope of the world. Yeah. But this hope that God gives us is assurance, like we had talked from the beginning. It's that assurance that we know that we know that we know it's going to come to pass because we know God cannot lie.
0: Yeah. And because of that, we purify ourselves and we abide in the vine, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because we know that. So you can actually take that word, and every man that hath this hope, you can actually say, and every man that hath this confident expectation. How about that? Mm -hmm. Every person that has this confident expectation in him does what? What do they do? They purify themselves. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: They purify themselves if you have a confident expectation of his parousia.
1: And we are purified through the word of God.
0: Amen. Because it washes us, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're not believing the Word of God, not just reading their study, but actually believing it and ingesting it, you're not going to abide. And you're going to be easily seduced. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to this. These are, the, these are the things that have been delivered since the beginning. Hold fast to these things. Don't <laughs> let the world influence you.
1: Now, I have some scriptures here with the same uh, Greek word of hope. Okay. In Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. First Peter 1, 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Titus 2, 13 Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great and God and our Savior Jesus Christ. And the last one is in Second Thessalonians two sixteen that reads, Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work.
0: Oh wow. Confident expectation. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's a good word study just in itself, isn't it? Yes, not? it is. Really? Yeah, you could do that. So every man that hath this confident expectation, this hope in him, purifies themselves even as he is pure. You see, because if we're if as if we're gonna be revealed as sons of God and we're gonna be similar to Christ. And we'll see him as he is. He's the eternal life, the logos that created everything. Yeah, probably should purify ourselves while we're down here on the prison planet, right? Mm-hmm. You do that, like you said, by the washing of the word, by Christ's spirit with, with that is within that person, right? That's right. In the Gospel of John fifteen five, once again, you know Jesus. This is where the whole vine and abide thing comes from. And the Apostle John walked with Jesus and heard these words when Jesus said, "Uh, I am the vine and you are the branches and he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. There it is. There it is. It's all in the abiding. So you become pure, unsullied with any uncleanness. Ooh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and we're going to go to four, right? Yep. Okay, the last verse says, whosoever committeth sin, right? Hermatia, the offense, right? Whosoever committeth sin transgress the law, also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. You get it? Mm-hmm. Sin is incompatible with the birth from God. Uh, 1 John 3, 1 through 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world doesn't know us because it knew him not. It's incompatible See, to keep practicing sin. That's why you can't be a Christian sinner in any sort. You understand? Mm Mm-hmm. So the Apostle John often sets forth the same truth in a negative manner, which he had before set forth positively. He had shown before that the birth from God involves self-purification. And in this verse, he now shows where sin, that is the want of self-purification, there's no birth from God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's black and white. There's no birth from God there. So whosoever, everyone who does this, everyone who commits sin, right? That's in contrast to what we just read in 1 John 3, 3, that every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And in 1 John 3, 7, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous, right? That's right. So he that commits sin is opposite of that. They transgress the law. That's God's law. It's not the Mosaic law. It's not the ritualistic law. It's not the Levitical law, the priest law. It's the law of God. It's God's law of purity. Mm-hmm. That's why it's all in the Bible. That's why you, you, can't, you can't look at the Bible and say, well, I don't see anywhere in the Bible that it says dancing in a nightclub is wrong. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or there's nowhere in the Bible that says smoking a little pot, a little bowl of herb, at nine o'clock in the morning is wrong. You know, I mean going on and on and on. It's 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 not you're looking for the detailed sin. It's God's law of purity. So we so if you commit this transgression against God's law of purity, his moral laws it shows that there's no such hope of ever being pure like God is. And there's no hope of being born of God ever being pure. And so when he comes back at his presence, his parousia, his finiru, you're going to be ashamed. Yeah. The sin is literally missing the mark it's missing of the mark which is god's will being that the mark you know is aimed at by the law by the law is the knowledge of sin mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's like if if a line is crooked you know it's crooked like if you take a straight edge ruler and put it up there and you go hey That ceiling's crooked, right? Because you know what's straight. Uh.
1: Um, In uh, Matthew, one of the lawyers asked Jesus, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus says unto him, That thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is, like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and of the prophets and then first john four twelve says that no man hath seen god any at any time if we love one another god dwells in us and his love is perfected in us hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he is in God. And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him.
0: Abide. Abide, 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 abide. Next week, we'll continue on uh, with verse 5. I don't know where we'll stop. But it's all about sin, and it's about the abiding, so that you don't sin. And it's also the serpent seed versus the seed of God, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty good. Like in verse eight, he talks about he that committeth sin is of the devil. See, mm-hmm. there's no there's no gray, folks. No. For the devil sins or misses the mark from the beginning, All right. And it was because of that purpose, because of what, the, what Satan did, that Christ was manifested. He was revealed the first time that he might destroy these works. Mm-hmm. we can be saved. So we're going to talk about that next week. It's going to be good, Mr. Capel. It's
1: going to be great,
0: Jerry. So do you have anything in closing? Nope. Hey, good job, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will um, continue on next week. Have a blessed weekend. Don't burn yourself with fireworks <laughs> <laughs> if they're legal in your state. And uh, give
1: them a ciao, ciao, babies.